New York's pursuit of ambitious greenhouse gas reduction goals codified in the 2019 Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act is being led by the State Energy and Research Development Authority and the State Department of Environmental Conservation. But the magnitude of this issue means it's all hands on deck in the HOKO administration, including the Office of General Services, which plays a critical role in the infrastructure utilized by state government. And to discuss their green work, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Jeanette Moy, Commissioner for the Office of General Services. Welcome back to the studio, Commissioner. Thank you. Wonderful to be here. It's our pleasure to host you again. So you're speaking with us a few days before hosting the first electric vehicle fleet show at the Empire State Plaza in Albany. What are you hoping to accomplish with this event? Oh, um, well, first of all, it's, it's a really great event that we're going to do. Um, we're primarily targeting the state fleet managers, right? We want state employees to be able to see and look at this equipment. We want them to take a look at an EV car. There are going to be 16 that are on display next week. Um, different agencies are bringing their vehicles, so you can get a sense for what does it mean to drive an EV vehicle? What does this look like? What are my options for my own agency? Um, we're also going to have charging equipment there. So you can actually start to see what's a level two charger, what's a level three. What does that mean for me, um, both as a, uh, an individual who might be running a fleet operation or just a state worker who's going to be using it? Um, it is open out to the public. So if there are folks in the capital region, they want to come down to the plaza and take a look. Um, they're more than welcome to do so. We're going to have a great panel um, where we're going to talk a little bit about that the practical implementation of EVs, um, what does it mean? Um, what do those timelines need to look like? And so we're just really excited to just start the conversation. For most people, I think the average New Yorker, if you've never seen an EV vehicle, you've just heard about it, it can be very scary. And so we also want to just... Wait, wait, how, how scary can it be? Well, you know... What, what kind of weird nightmares do people have that they're afraid of electric vehicles? What childhood trauma that's may have caused this fear of electric vehicles? I mean, I think everyone's a little scared of change, right? Okay. Like, especially if you've never seen one before. Like I rem- so I got an EV recently, okay. right? Um, and I'll say I had an awful gas guzzler before, very embarrassing. It was like 12 miles a gallon. It was, you know, running its way into the ground. And my husband and I made the choice to go for an EV. And, you know, even I had a little bit of anxiety, right? Because some EV cars, um, you worry, what does the interface look like? You know, do I still have a brake button, right? Like, can I maneuver through the software? And just questions or concerns around range anxiety. How do I plug it in? Where do I go? So I think there's a lot of very practical questions that folks have around EVs. And if you've never looked at it before, even if they're very small, the issues, right? Like this is no longer new technology. It's been out in the public for a long time. They can be very scary. So one of our first goals with this is just talk about, okay, well, the governor um, and Governor Hochul has really laid out very ambitious goals around the EV conversion. 18,000 light duty vehicles by 2035, um, all medium heavy duty by 2040. And so those goals can be very scary until you start breaking down what that looks like, right? So what we want to do next week is just have the equipment out, have the charging equipment, have the cars available, and just start answering questions. So you can walk up and to talk to someone at NIPA, and they'll tell you about you know, programs that exist. You know, if you've got this type of vehicle, here's one that you might want to consider. Um, what does it mean in terms of you know, how do I find charging equipment? How do I plug it in? Just sort of demystifying the process for folks, and that's really the goal for next week. Well, you mentioned that the primary audience uh, are fleet managers. What what are fleet managers in the state service? Oh, that's a great question. So every agency typically has someone who's managing their cars, Mm -hmm. right? And so 
The Department of Transportation is easy to think about, right? You've got vehicles that are maintaining the road. They're driving around in places. You may have caseworkers that need to go see clients. You may have individuals that are overseeing or managing programs. Even a legislator will have a vehicle as well, right? So there's all different types of ways in which you've got to actually manage a fleet. And there are 18,000 cars that exist that are light duty alone in the state. So every agency, they've got to manage that asset, right? They've got to make sure that they are maintaining it that they are changing out the tires, that they know how to fuel. You know, they're overseeing all of those sort of like wonky things related to a car. And so that's what those, those fleet managers are. Well, how much latitude do fleet managers have in deciding what their employees are, are going to actually be driving? Do they get to decide when and if they're going to go to electric vehicles? Or is this something that's mandated to them? Do we really need to like pitch some bureaucrat on the transition to electric vehicles? Can't the governor maybe like pull some strings? Does she know some people maybe? Well, well she did, okay. right? So she, we've got a goal, 2035 for all light duty vehicles. But you've got to figure out how to get there, mm-hmm. right? 18,000 cars. If you want to convert them all into EV, you've got to make sure that the infrastructure is in place so that Right now, some agencies have refueling tanks, an example, right? Or they're using a WEX card to get their gas from a regular gas station. There's a lot of really practical considerations to make sure that if you're getting an EV vehicle, that you can make sure that it's maintained, that you know how to charge it, that you have the infrastructure in place. So there is actually a fair amount of latitude that you have. Even today, a fleet manager can decide, what car do I need for what purpose, right? They're going off. They're purchasing off the vehicle marketplace. They're figuring out what deals are available. And that latitude is going to remain, right? But at, in this exact moment, OGS is partnering with uh, NYSERDA and DEC and NIPA. And we're also trying to identify for all those fleet managers, what is your plan to do that conversion? So we've created out some guidance They're going to think through what that process may look like. They might be saying, okay, well, this year I'm going to focus on putting in the infrastructure in all of my sites. Next year, I'm going to buy two or three vehicles that allow me to test out which ones are best for replacing an SUV or replacing, you know, a smaller car or thinking about longer distance, right? Like if I'm driving through the Adirondacks, I may have different types of needs as opposed to, you know, if I'm going to be local in Buffalo or local in Albany. So there's a lot of discretion over between now and 2035 to think about which cars do I replace first and what cars do I replace them with? And that's what OGS is here for is to help them through that process. And when it comes to that electric vehicle future that we're talking about with goals for 2035 and 2040, are there, I guess, heavy duty size exceptions to those mandates, considering that you might need some very unique heavy duty vehicles based on the different services that state government is responsible for? Oh, 100%. I mean, I think... Look, these are very ambitious goals. The governor is a very practical woman as well, right? So we're going to try to hit every last element of them. But there are going to be places where we want to make sure that the market is going to meet our need, right? 2035 is for light-duty vehicles. It's been pretty proven, right? There's a number of cars that exist. They've been on the road for a while. Manufacturers are speeding up. It gives us another five years to really map out what does this mean for medium and heavy duty and, and what does it mean in terms of um, you know, the climates that we exist in, the locations where we're putting them, the, the refueling options. Um, so all of those things are going to be built out over the next, uh, next few years. But right now, the active push is going to be around that light-duty um, vehicle plan. Um, OGS and NYSERDA have been um, similar to NYSERDA's work around the EV bus transition, you know, really looking at the market, right? What's available today? Um, how do we map out the types of vehicles that are available to the cars that we currently have? When will the market be able to actually produce the amount of vehicles that OGS or any other state agency needs? And how do we map that out responsibly? So that has been a really great partnership that Noreen Harris and her team have really you know, done for OGS. We're very lucky to have, have them as good partners. Um, and so that's, that's really the focus is, is around the slight duty piece. 
Well, for listeners just joining us, you're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're speaking with Jeanette Moy, Commissioner for the New York State Office of General Services. And I want to turn our attention away from the vehicle side of this equation to the infrastructure that allows them to travel the entire state, and that's the charging capacity. So what's the Office of General Services' role in building out that capacity? Is it solely limited to the state vehicles and vehicles driven by the state workforce, or are you thinking about vehicles that the average New Yorker might be driving and trying to build out infrastructure for them as well. So we were really excited to be driving that EV conversion for cars. um, And we are charged with the infrastructure for all of the state vehicles. We're sort of plugged into a broader uh, initiative that multiple (laughs) agencies are doing. We're going to try to, though, stay in our lane Mm -hmm. with just the infrastructure for the state vehicles. But you've got DOT, right? DOT is charged with that NEVI funding. Um, They're looking at... What's NEVI funding? So that's federal funds that are coming through that are dedicated towards the broader infrastructure for all New Yorkers, right? So it's making sure that um, there is a certain amount of distance that you want to be able to charge um, your car, right? Like you want to make sure that if you are an individual who can't charge at their house um, that or your apartment or whatever your living, um, your living quarters might be, that you can access uh, some other place to charge your vehicle. And so that's something that DOT is really focused on. Um, NYPA's got a portion and a role in that. Um, of course, NYSERDA as well. Our job in this really is around the charging equipment for um, the state vehicles. And so we do that in a couple of different ways. One is we're starting to roll out that EV charging equipment this year. So in a handful of sites, we're doing, I think... 1,500 chargers that we plan right now, and we're going to start rolling those out in September. There's already some that are available in OGS parking facilities, and we're going to be deploying them in additional sites. Um, They're primarily for use by the state fleet, but also employees can charge as well. So if you have access, you can certainly go and charge your vehicle there. The Public Service Commission, which is tasked with overseeing the rollout of a lot of publicly accessible electric vehicle charging stations, has had to adapt and change some of its plans in recent years due to the shifting demand and the way the technology is being utilized now. What changes, if any, have you had to make to your vision for electric vehicle charging stations? Have you had to move more towards fast vehicle chargers? Have you had to change where they're going, the scope, the number? What, if anything, has been impacted in recent years? So we've had a handful of EV chargers that have been available. And, uh, and just here in Albany, as an example, it's, it's, it's honestly one of the top questions that I get from folks. Mm-hmm. You know, I drove into the area. I want to make sure I'm able to charge. Everyone has that range anxiety. And, and Albany itself is getting more and more charging equipment. Um, but fast charging is, is the number one item that folks are asking for, right? They want to be able to get that car filled and 20, 30, 40 minutes, whatever that charge might look like. Um, So we've been trying to push and prioritize in our implementation plan more fast chargers. They're called level three chargers. Um, So they're able to just, you know, get that extra boost into your car very quickly. Otherwise, it can take, you know, a couple of hours to really get that car filled. No one ever has a 0% charge. But, you know, if you're 20% or 30%, getting you up to like what an 80%, which is optimal for most of these EV vehicles. So I think there's been a little bit of tweaking. Um, I will say that this is the first year that OGS is really focused on deploying the EV equipment. So we haven't made too many changes other than trying to expedite to the level three, because that is a top request. But one of the big challenges we have to focus on is whether or not our energy infrastructure can even support it. This year, our focus is going to be on more level two chargers, right? And then also trying to ask staff to make sure, or anyone who's using the charging equipment, to move their car when they're done charging. And so you'll see even the new signage that we have, it says EV charging only, to just remind folks 
you know, when you're done with it, please move your vehicle so someone else can use it. Because that's also a challenge when, when folks are sitting in the charging spots as though they're actual parking spots. And whether it's the purchase of electric vehicles or building out the electric vehicle infrastructure, does the money for that just come from the existing resources that you would have otherwise committed towards the combustion engine vehicle infrastructure? Or are you getting additional resources? Are you tapping other revenue streams to help pay for all this? The governor has allocated money. And that was one of the things that were, um, it was a great partnership between Governor Hochul and the legislature. Funds have actually specifically been dedicated towards this infrastructure. And OGS had the privilege of thinking through what's the right investment today in order to make sure that infrastructure is built out. Um, When it comes to the cars themselves, every agency has a budget that they pull together for vehicles, you know, and what they're going to do over time is rather than buying another internal combustion engine car, they're going to buy an EV. You know, I think one of the top priorities, like the top advice I give to folks right now is go and buy one, experience it, you know, think through what your staff are going to feel, the policies you need to put in, whether or not it changes the way that people are doing their work and jobs. I'll give an example. I drove from New York City to Albany the other day in an EV, and I had to think about, okay, well, it's going to be an extra 30 minutes in some location for me to be able to, you know, get that fast charge up. So I have to be very thoughtful about making sure I'm at top capacity charge before I leave and that I've built in a little bit of time if I need to, if I, if I didn't think about making sure that my battery was filled. And when you talked about the specific allocation for this effort, how much money are we talking about? So last year we had about $17 million. I'm going to have to double check and get back to you about what the total um, infrastructure investment is going to be. But last year we had $17 million where we were focused on the EV charging. But are we talking tens of millions of dollars generally? Are we thinking hundreds of millions of dollars? Should we break out the dreaded B word and say billions of dollars? No, I don't think so. I mean, look, a large part of this is making sure that we've got the EV infrastructure that's put into place. Um, and, you know, there are a couple of different levers that we're trying to figure out right now. But there's already some expenses that we're putting into cars. People pay them all the time. There is a moment where I think there's there's a lot of conversation that's out there where internal combustion engines are going to cost about that same level as EV cars. You know, what really has to happen, though, are manufacturers have got to push out that production faster, right? It's There's still a long lead time to get an EV car, and it's not necessarily the EV car that might be your top priority to buy. So, you know, I think there's just got to be a little bit movement, more movement in the industry for the agencies to really be able to adopt them faster. Well, finally, your partner with Fleet Day is the New York Power Authority, who we mentioned a few times here, and you guys have partnered with them uh, on the pa- in the past on a lot, variety of different things. Uh, in the state budget, they've been directed to essentially create their own renewable energy projects. So what role will the Office of General Services potentially play in that future build-out? Do you imagine being a substantive partner, or is it possible that NIPA can do that type of thing on its own? NIPA is our major partner for everything related to energy. They've helped us in terms of the strategy when we want to reduce our, uh, reduce our energy consumption. We're thinking about greenhouse gas emissions. You know, certainly there have been conversations around the top 15 emitting campuses. Mm-hmm. Two of them are OGS. And thinking through that process to decarbonize um, those campuses. It, they, are, they are the partner that we work with. Um, I don't have a good answer of how exactly that's going to play with, with the legislation that recently passed and what, what they're charged with. Um, what they're charged with. No, I, I picked um, up on it. Sorry. It's awful. Awful. But I know for us, when we have an energy problem or we have an energy question, they are the first ones that we go to. OGS also has property. And that's one of the things that we've been talking to them about. Are there places in which, you know, we can do solar generation? Are there places in which from an OGS, not even from an OGS, but from a statewide perspective, when you're thinking about underutilized facilities that are across the state, you know, these properties that exist, are any of them ripe for, you know, NIPA? 
I think those are conversations we've, we've certainly had around housing um, and certainly should be conversations around energy as well. Could you envision the State Office of General Services being a client uh, for some of the new projects that get set up? Could you envision buying some of this renewable power from New York Power Authority run renewable energy sites in the future? Sure, if the dollars make sense. I think there's always going to be need that exists. Um, and, you know, certainly it's not just a matter of how we decarbonize campus, you know, how we're looking at our energy sources are equally as important as well. Um, so if they're generating power, it's adjacent, it makes sense for some of our properties, but 100% purchase from them. Well, we've been speaking with Jeanette Moy. She's the commissioner for the State Office of General Services. Commissioner, thanks for visiting us. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Happy to be here. And by the way, are you coming to the fleet show? Uh, I have a dentist appointment that day, but you know I will do my best to make it there. Well, if you do manage to come, let me know, and we'll gladly show you around. Or if you want to ride in an EV car, you let me know, and we can do that off interview. Thank you, Commissioner. Support for the Capitol Press Room is provided by the Boom Moose Club in Albany. A co-working space for people with business at the Capitol or those just needing a home base for the day. More information on facilities and other services available at bullmooseclub.com.